Hello, and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, Jason Perez is here to entertain you with some more shelf stories. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome back to Shelf Stories, a channel that tells tales from games, books, and life. I'm your host, Jason. Thank you so, so much for stopping by for this latest episode of Good Trouble. A uh, quick reflection based on a conversation that I've been having online with some folks over the last couple of days. Uh, in a way, this question is the $24,000 question when it comes to this cultural uh, representation stuff in our games. Uh, and that's what Good Trouble is all about. And as always, I try to approach this stuff in a spirit of education and compassion as far as I can. The question being, how do we avoid problematic games? How do we avoid offending people? How do we uh, determine what games are okay and not okay? Uh, what is the line between those two things? When can we uh, know when a game steps over that line? Some games seem okay, uh, and then some games seem to really cheese people off. I don't know how, and who determines what the line is between okay and not okay? Huge topic, in a way, central to what's going on. Uh, so I really think that there's an answer. It isn't just this uh, subjective thing. And for me, the answer begins by reframing the question. It's not about personal feelings. Not for me. I'm not offended by any single game out there whatsoever. And I know most of the people who would engage in this stuff feel the same way. They're not Offense is not the word. Problematic is such a fuzzy term. And I've never used it on shelf stories. And I never will. Uh, in terms of uh, terms that refer to individual feelings. Totally subjective. Everybody means different things. Everybody said it come at it from a different perspective. And so if you stay there at that level of conversation, then the conversation won't go well. You won't get anywhere. So if you are a person that engages in these conversations, wherever your space is, and you notice that the person you're speaking with uh, is staying in that feeling space, constantly bringing the conversation back to offense and, you know, using terms like pearl clutching and complaining or whatever else it is, then either, you know, try to shift the conversation to a deeper level or just move on. At Shelf Stories, I will do <laughs> the former as much as I can and try to get deeper. And that deeper level has to do with empathy. Empathy is not a feeling. Empathy is a skill. It is the ability to uh, ha uh, witness another person who is different from us and to understand as far as possible uh, their emotional life, their intellectual life, their experiential life, and especially as it relates to how they respond to when they see something. So when it comes to games, Having empathy for a person is understanding what they're seeing, what they're experiencing when they see a game, when they're a different person and from a different background than we are. And when it comes to games, games have faces on them. You know, we uh, we take this for granted. I'm in my basement right now. Like, check out all the games and all the faces, all the different faces, all the different cultures on these games. We don't always think about that, but... You know, especially when we see a face that looks like us, they, we're going to have an emotional response. Does that make us happy? The way we're depicted, the way someone like me is depicted in the game. 
And as many people know from follow my channel, there's a lot of games that participate in negative cultural stereotypes, especially of uh, folks from marginalized communities. So uh, the idea being not that a negative cultural stereotype offends somebody. I don't want to, again, I'm trying to set aside that framing. The idea being that folks from that walk of life or those walks of life, if you're on the margins for whatever reason, you live with the impact of negative stereotypes every single day. It materially harms your life. It denies you opportunities. Uh, you become stigmatized and judged in the real world. And when a game reproduces those stereotypes, then we're bringing uh, crappy stuff that happens in the real world and reproducing it in our games. Games are supposed to be an escape. Games are supposed to be where we take a break from all this nonsense. And when a game reproduces a stereotype, all we're doing is breaking that barrier. And that's not something we want to do if we care, have empathy for the experience of anyone at the table who wants to play. I talk about it, um, I have talked about it on Shelf Stories in terms of the black experience. Uh, you know, either the uh, blacks in games are often depicted as criminal or aggressive or whatever it is, or, you know, a quiescent, you know, a slavery days, a ha happily pleasing the master, offering them resources uh, for their labor without hyping up or having uh, any struggle whatsoever. Uh, all that stuff. That's the range of stereotypes. Not great. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's better ways to do that. Again, previous videos, I've discussed those. Women uh, depicted, especially kind of the adventure style games as, uh, you know, sexually uh, emphasized and, you know, offering their sexual parts for the male gaze and uh, and where the male is like, you know, depicted as dominant and aggressive. And, you know, again, reinforcing negative cultural stereotypes with which women live in their real lives. That is not a thing that should be a part of their game. So, okay, I've talked about all that stuff. The occasion for this video and uh, these recent conversations is a project on GameFound. And it has to do with people whom we label insane. This is a mental health conversation. Project is called Lobotomy 2, Manhunt. And uh, it is uh, de depicting uh, people who are in an insane asylum and they, it's a dungeon crawler horror-esque adventure and they're, uh, you know, walking around the, uh, you know, the halls and stuff and trying to defend themselves and get out or defeat monsters or whatever it is. And, you know, the game depicts that as their insanity grows, so does their power. And, you know, uh, are they going uh, through and they, you know, are they doing anything real or is it all in their minds? And then you dig a little bit deeper, you know, the, the types of uh, insanities, quote unquote, that they engage in. You have aggression, uh, you have uh, anxious uh, nervousness, you have OCD, which uh, increases the person's ability to collect stuff. And it's all so stereotyped. And why is that a negative cultural uh, a negative cultural stereotype that produces harm? How does that happen? Because folks who have those diagnoses... You know, if they reveal them, then they're going to be stigmatized by the society as crazy. If they manifest those behaviors, if they manifest schizophrenia, autism, uh, OCD, all that kind of stuff, the reaction of so many people in real life is, I don't want to see it. No, you're other. Uh, you're stigmatized. Get out of here. Uh, oh, medicate them. Uh, you know, placate, uh, uh, pacify them. Put them away. Uh, you know, medicate their, their butts off until they calm down and I don't have to think about them anymore. That is how we treat 
mental health illness. Why do we do that? Because of the stereotype that these things are threatening, that they're uh, criminal, that, you know, someone who's suffering from mental health, that they're dangerous. And, you know, the, the, this particular game, the way it's playing out is glorifying that. Like, okay, now you're becoming more powerful by exacerbating your conditions. And it's such a perversion of how it really works in real life. And it touches so close on the stigma that real folks with, with who suffer from mental illness experience. Games can do like anything. Games can talk about slavery. Games can talk about, uh, you know, race relations, uh, gender relations. It can talk about mental health. But it, it, doing so in a stereotyped way is not the way, I don't think. You could imagine a situation where the game instead, you know, normalizes mental health stuff. They, everybody is dealing with their stuff and they have little in-game things to deal with, whatever mental health thing that's going on. And it's normalized across the characters. And if there is evil or powerful people gaining power in the game, it can be because of their choices, not their conditions. That would be more welcoming and more empathetic to someone playing the game. Now, empathy being the key thing. I've said this, and I'm gonna say it over and over again. Empathy for the fact that the societal judgments and the practices based on those judgments harm people. They make people's lives materially worse. Why are we representing those in their game? Why are we breaking that magic bubble for them? Now, there's a lot of people that have a hard time understanding that because, you know, they're, I'm playing a game and, you know, it's just a game. And, you know, why, why, why are you being offended again? <laughs> and also, um, you know, if you don't like it, don't play it. Again, to the level of feelings, we need to get past that level of feelings if we're going to understand each other and have a real conversation. It's not about that I don't like it. I wish I could say I didn't like it so I could just move on. I can't. Replicating a cultural stereotype. The person just wants to be free to play a game. Really, what they're asking for is empathy for them. They're saying, "I like this game. I don't. I want to be able to play it without, um, you know, bother. I don't bother anybody. I'm a good person. Don't bother me." They're asking for empathy for them. Cuts both ways, you know. If you're going to ask for empathy for yourself then we're going to ask for empathy for, for what we're talking about, too. Care about other people that are not yourself. That's So it does cope both ways that way. Also, um, I can't just leave it alone. You know, it's, you know, a game like this, it's not like blowing up on GameFound. It's like, you know, 200, 300 uh, pounds, which is not, you know, it's, it, it's funded and it's popular. So that's whatever. But uh, it's indicative of a much, much larger trend in our hobby. Pointing to Eldritch Horror right now. One of my top five games of all time, honestly. I love playing Eldritch Horror. But there's a part of it that does similar things with insanity. Ooh, they're being more insane. They're getting dark packs and they're getting delusional. And all these game effects happen based on those conditions. The stereotype way in which we depict mental health is a problem and it needs to be discussed and addressed. And by saying discussed and addressed, I'm not like secretly saying, oh, let's cancel. You know, I, that, that all the time it's like, well, we could talk about it, but I don't want it to be canceled. And it's like, who said that? <laughs> 
you know, I will be perfectly honest I mean, and totally upfront. I, I would be very happy if these games didn't exist or if they were in a little corner of the, you know, gaming universe and nobody had to bother with it. But unfortunately, when it comes to these negative stereotypes, they're, uh, they can pervade and get into the larger culture, which in this particular case, as you can see, very popular property, it has already. So in a way, it's, I can't just leave a particular project alone if its ideas pervade into the larger culture. And yes, I want to have a real serious conversation about that and get some change, but I don't want to achieve that change by cancellation or by force. Uh, the, these videos are my a way of trying to persuade people and persuade people via appeals to empathy. Empathy is not easy. Empathy is hard. Empathy needs to be developed and grown. Empathy needs to be clarified. It's not just feelings. It's a, it's a skill that we have that we could really uh, work hard to level up as much as possible. Uh, one last thing, and that's to address the question of, of offense, you know, and make it really, really clear that I don't really think about that <laughs> or think in terms of that. You know, I, my content offends certain people, okay? Uh, there's, there's games out there that cause offense. I'm, I'm pointing to Spirit Island. Right now, check that out. Oh, there it is, right there. Spirit Island is offensive to certain people who think that it depicts colonizers, colonizers in a bad way. <laughs> there was a thread on the One Player Guild talking about how it's offensive against the Spanish. Uh, and so, okay, people, that's why you don't want to talk in terms of offense, really, because anybody can be offended at anything. That's true. What is the stereotype being depicted? And who is it going after? I subscribe to a maxim that is true uh, in journalism uh, or, tr or uh, uh, an ideal in journalism, and I think it should apply to all cultural media. Uh, cultural media that has anything real to say should comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Something like Spirit Island is punching up, we say, going, going against power and ha um, disrupting what we think so that for the purpose of actually having more empathy, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, shake up our minds and shake up our comfort because sometimes being comfortable stops us from, you know, really critically thinking and having empathy. That's cool. Com you know, afflict the comfortable. Comfort the afflicted, you know, like and present marginalized folks empathetically. What a lot of current games do and what this game's definitely doing is comforting the comfortable and afflicting the afflicted reinstantiating those divisions. It's servicing the top end of the market, minis and, you know, uh, exciting adventure and an opportunity to escape your boring life and, you know, be in a, a daring adventure where, you know, uh, you're almost cosplaying, uh, you know, mental health and insanity and power and all this kind of stuff in a horror type way. And that's servicing, comforting the comfortable, but at the expense of reproducing a stereotype that afflicts the afflicted in real life, why are we participating in that, in our games? So uh, I hope at, this, at the very least this video articulates that distinction. Empathy versus feelings. Not about feelings. It's about having empathy for marginalized folks. And me, I try to have empathy for all folks on the spectrum, which is why I do the videos that I do. I do have empathy for uh, folks in the center of the hobby that just want to play games. So that's why it isn't just like, you're bad, don't play those games. It's 
let's have empathy across the spectrum. It's not just empathy for you and your desire to play games. That's That shouldn't, I honor that, but it shouldn't be sovereign. Sorry. To me, sovereign, the lower you down on the marginalized scale, the more empathy I have for that situation. And I invite other folks to develop their empathy and try to go along those ways as well. At some point, I'll do a video on mental health and how games depict mental health. <laughs> that could be an interesting one. If you can change your mind, it can change the world, people. So until next time, bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week for another top five list.